uh, <laughs> as the first word that pops into your mind when you talk about Philly sports and, uh, and Philly sports fans. Myth or reality? Well, for some information on that, I'm pleased to welcome to the show from the Philadelphia Inquirer, one of the top sports columnists in the entire United States, Mike Sealski. Mike, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Reed. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, thanks for coming on uh, to talk here uh, in Edmonton. Uh, you know, I, I was reading some of your stuff, and there's a specific column we we got to get into. But you know, it's it's funny, Mike. Um, you know, people often say, "Well, Philadelphia, they're the people that threw snowballs at Santa Claus." And I was looking into that. I said, "Wasn't that in 1968?" Like, is it fair to still break that up? <laughs> it, it is. It was in 1968, and the funny part about it is that story has become so cliched um and it's what's interesting most interesting about it is that if you know anything about that story the santa claus was this decrepit possibly intoxicated guy in a ratty santa claus outfit if there were ever a santa claus who deserved to be booed it was that santa claus now <laughs> we can go on and on about the, the you know the other uh, issues with philadelphia sports fans and there are plenty of them but the whole booing santa claus thing is kind of played out yeah, that's. Uh, wasn't that in the? Wasn't that the final home game of a miserable season for the Eagles too, where the fans it, wouldn't it have been was. in a good? Yep. Yeah, at Franklin Field, and and the Eagles were god awful um, from about the mid nineteen sixties until the mid nineteen seventies, until Dick Vermeil came around. So believe me, there was plenty of reason for Philadelphia sports fans and Eagles fans to be uh, ticked off. Uh, at Santa Claus, at the franchise, at just about everybody. Yeah, for sure. Well, and you know, I've uh, I've been through an era in Edmonton that's uh, known as the decade of darkness with the hockey team, where uh, mm-hmm. you know fans threw jerseys on the ice a, a few times, and there were a lot of nights that were uh, pretty angry and pretty ugly. Here, you know, uh, Philadelphia, I, and I've been there a couple times. I went once purely uh, as a tourist to see a couple of Phillies games. That would have been in uh, '08. I think they were pretty good that mm-hmm. year. And uh, then, obviously, I was there for the NHL draft a few years ago when the Oilers wound up taking Leon Draisaitl. Re- really like the vibe there. You got a you got a uh, a team in each of the big four, the the major mm-hmm. the major pro sports leagues. Um, but I mean, is is who, is it the Eagles that are the are the number one passion there? Is it cyclical? How would you sum that up? No, the Eagles are, are definitely um, first among equals uh, in that regard. It's a, there's something kind of instinctual and guttural about Philadelphia being a football uh, town first and foremost. Um, there was some scuttlebutt a few years ago when the when the Philadelphia Phillies were rolling off all those division titles and winning the 2008 World Series that maybe Philadelphia was becoming a baseball town again, but it really is football first. Now, having said that, um, as you well know, the Flyers have a very loyal, very passionate, and fairly sizable fan base. Um, it's only within the last couple of years, I'd say, um, that the Sixers, because of kind of going through the process, so to speak, and um, you know, collecting some really talented young players who haven't had a chance to blossom yet, have kind of caught up to the Flyers in terms of kind of uh, the following and and the the interest over the entire metropolitan area. The Flyers, you know, hockey is a major sport here, where it, it isn't often in you know several American cities. Mike Sielski joining us on the Faceoff Show, columnist with the Philadelphia Inquiry, talking about the uh, sports vibe, the sports fan in Philadelphia. So is it, and I mean the, the joking about the, the snowball stuff and the Santa Claus uh, stuff aside, mm-hmm. do you think it's, it's, it's fair to say, though, that Philadelphia sports fans are quicker to turn on their own or be, or be nasty? Or is that another myth that's, uh, you know, that been, that's been overblown? 
No, I think I think that's true in, in a lot of situations. Um, you know, it's an interesting dynamic here in that Philadelphia is stuck between New York and Washington, D.C., smack dab between the financial and cultural capital of the world and the political capital of the world. And Philadelphians kind of grow up with a very big chip on their shoulder and something of an inferiority complex. And, and that manifests itself in their following of their sports teams. They're very passionate, and kind of the collective identity of the entire culture gets tied up in these sports teams. So, you know, when they're not doing well, um, Philadelphia fans really tend to let uh, the athletes and the coaches and the executives know about it. Now, they've been kinder and gentler to some people, uh, some athletes over time. Generally, the rule to follow is if you try and you are obvious in your trying, um, Philadelphia fans will love you forever. That's why Allen Iverson is a hero. That's why Bobby Clark, to those who saw him play back in the 70s and 80s, remains an icon. Um, you know, maybe less so for his tenure as the general manager and president of the right. Flyers, but certainly those who remember him as a player um, know how great he was and know what he went through playing through diabetes and how hard he played and how he towed the line between fair play and dirty play sometimes. You know, people love that. If you're willing to give everything for them in the name of victory, they will love you forever. You know, you wrote a column uh, just recently. I'm just double-checking the date here. Uh, that was in July. And uh, your idea was, is this the worst period in Philadelphia sports history? People should check this out if, 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 uh, they, want a, if they want a really good read. Uh, you did a... You did a uh, you jokingly called it a highly sophisticated formula where you color-coded the uh, how good each team was in each season going back several decades. And you actually basically put the last three years in Philadelphia as the second worst era uh, in the history of the city. Now, I know the Sixers have been really bad, but I thought, you know, the Flyers and Eagles and Phillies have at least kind of hung around a couple of times, haven't they? But uh, why, why is this one uh, one of the dark eras for you? Well, you mentioned it. We've got the Sixers who had been tanking for basically four years, trying not to win in the name of accumulating high draft picks so they could get great players, which, you know, is smart and logical from a rebuilding standpoint, but doesn't lead to a lot of victories in the here and now. The Phillies haven't had a, a winning season since 2011, the last year they made the playoffs, and they held off on going through a full rebuild uh, probably too long. Uh, they started doing that in the last couple of years, but in the meantime, they were bad while they were still trying to be good. Um, and that's never a place you want to be. Uh, the Eagles haven't won a playoff game since the 2008-2009 postseason. Um, they did make the playoffs in 2013, um, but didn't win a game and have been kind of struggling a little bit since. And the Flyers, as you well know, um, you know, have been kind of a middling team over the last few years. They made the playoffs uh, two seasons ago, got bounced in the first round by the Capitals, which wasn't all that surprising. They've gone, you know, missed the playoffs, make the playoffs, missed the playoffs, make the playoffs. Um, and the other factor you kind of have to take into consideration is the hope that's attached um, to any particular team. That's why this era I didn't think was the worst of all, because you do have the Flyers making strides, uh, collecting young players, getting a guy like Nolan Patrick. You see what I Provorov can be. You do see the Sixers with guys like Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. The better things are probably on the horizon. Same thing with the Eagles and Carson Wentz, and, and we'll see about the Phillies. But, um, you know, it's been 20 seasons, um, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, since Philadelphia celebrated a postseason series victory. So we've been hungry for a while. 
Mike Sielski joining us from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Mike, a couple more for you. Thanks a lot for coming on with us here as, as we tee up the game that's going to start just after 11 between the Oilers and the Flyers. I'm going to ask you a question that's probably going to make you chuckle and, and maybe even say, why would you ask me that, Reed? Uh, why can't the Flyers find a goaltender? You know, that's a really, really good question. And it's, I finally think I've come up with an answer, which is to say this. There was a time in the NHL where having a franchise stud goaltender um, was essential um, to competing for a championship and getting there. You know, if you look in the, in the 1990s, even into the 2000s, uh, at a time when Martin Brodeur or Patrick Waugh uh, were winning Stanley Cups, Dominic Hostek finally getting there uh, with the Red Wings in 2002. Over those years, the Flyers maintained that you didn't necessarily need a franchise goalie to win. If you put enough um, strong players around the goalie, you could get by. And they kept getting burned in the playoffs year after year after year um, because they did not have a top-notch goaltender. Well, fast forward now to the NHL today. All goaltenders, the goaltending is incredibly good and uniformly good around the league. Safe percentages are higher. The guys who play the position are bigger and more athletic than they've ever been. So the difference between a truly elite goaltender and a pretty good goaltender is very, very small. Smaller probably, I would argue, than it's ever been in league history. So what you do need now is the stronger players up front, the Crosbys, the McDavid's, the Malkins, you know, a collective group in front. That will make the difference more often than not. We've seen that the last couple of years. I don't think anybody yet would say that Matt Murray um, or Marc-Andre Fleury would be an elite, you know, top two or three goaltender in the league, yet the Penguins have managed to win two Stanley Cups. So I think that's been the problem, and they've kind of mismatched errors. At a time when you needed a franchise goalie, they wouldn't give in and get one, and now that you don't need one, it's taken them some time to build a roster that really can compete for a Stanley Cup. Mike, I'm going to ask you uh, one more. Uh, I think you'll have some fun with this one. And you mentioned a couple of names earlier with uh, with Iverson and Bobby Clark. Uh, I remember uh, as a kid being an Expos fans in the 1980s, uh, remembering Mike Schmidt hammering home runs uh, routinely against the Expos and a bunch of other teams. Um, you know, if, if you went up to the average Philadelphia fan, uh, you know, maybe a, maybe a more seasoned one, maybe not a, a teenager that hasn't been watching sports as long, who do you think the average Philadelphia fan would identify as the two or three most iconic athletes in the history of your city? Wow, that's, really good. that's a really good question. I would think, you know, Wilt Chamberlain would be at or near the top of the list, um, given the, you know, the production he, uh, he put forth when he was a member of the Warriors back in the 60s. Uh, 50s and 60s. Um, Julius Irving would be a name that would come to the top of the list. Bobby Clark, uh, Allen Iverson. Um, you know, from a football standpoint, maybe Reggie White um, during his time with the Eagles in the 80s and 90s. Um, you know, those would be the, the, the people I think you, you would think of first. You know, as I said, Mike Schmidt, Steve Carlton. Um, we've been blessed here in that, you know, we are, we do a franchise in each of the, the big four, so to speak, uh, leagues. 
And it, it's a town that's very passionate about all four of those sports teams. So um, I think it would probably depend a little bit on which generation of the person you ask. If you ask a baby boomer, you'd get some answers. I'm 42. I'd probably give you some different answers. And then somebody who's 32 would give you even even newer and fresher answers. Yeah, well, that's good perspective for sure. Uh, Saturday uh, in the United States, you're watching Oilers Flyers, or is this all about college football for you? <laughs> oh, no, I'll be, uh, I'll be watching Oilers Flyers. I was at that game last year that uh, – when the Flyers beat the Oilers six to five, um, and Connor McDavid became, you know, the latest in a long line of hockey villains in Philadelphia, <laughs> you know, for his back and forth with, uh, you know, with Brandon Manning, and uh, you know, I mean, he is an, inc- an incredible player. I, I listened to that highlight, and I've seen that highlight of the pass he made the other day. Um, wow, just just an incredible player to watch. It's going to be, you know, I, in a way, I envy you guys up there being able to watch him night after night after night because it's going to be going to be fun to watch him grow and develop and and become the player everybody hopes he's going to be. Well, we spent the first 15 minutes of our, our, our show, Bob Stauffer and I, talking about what a disaster that game was last year in Philadelphia for the Oilers. <laughs> so, yeah, different memories for sure. Hey, Mike, this was great. I, I hope uh, I hope we could do this again. Really appreciate your perspective and enjoy the game, man. Thanks for coming on. Anytime, Reed. Thank you. I enjoyed it. That is Mike Sealski checking in from Philadelphia. I did mention he was the uh, 2013 top sports columnist in all the United States, as voted by the Associated Press, and a really cool perspective there on uh, Philadelphia sports.